legends like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome back into the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. As always, I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Harrison, LeBron jumped up in the standings of all-star voting. He is now the top vote getter. Uh, and you'll never believe this. Warriors fans not handling it all that well. Yeah, we got to stop the steal, Anthony. There's a lot of there. I, I'm just seeing a lot of that. Many people are saying that there's many a lot of illegitimate <laughs> ballots going around in the fan vote. You know, there are accusations that Labots are involved, you know, and yeah. that, you know, maybe uh, potentially maybe Nike was buying up bots. You know, many yeah. people are saying this to get their guy over Steph Curry and Under Armour. It's, you know, it's a dirty game and you just hate to see the downfall of our democracy over the NBA fan vote. <laughs> In hindsight, telling people not to send in mail-in ballots, probably not the smartest thing to do. Yeah, no, I mean, we should have, you know, we should have, it used to be, back in my day, if you wanted to vote, you had to go to the NBA arena, you had to buy a ticket, you had to check the little things on the box, and you had to submit it in a little ballot box. And now, you know, the the corrupt clutch sports media is trying <laughs> to steal the vote over... Steph Curry and force LeBron to be captain again. This is the biggest story of the of the week in Lakers land. Of, of no, of the. <laughs> I was going to say of the NBA season, but stop yeah, the steal. <laughs> See, I'm older than you. I actually do recall what needed to be done in order no, to vote I, for I an All Star games as a kid. I remember filling out one of those no. All Star. I thought it was awesome, like getting no, to do I'm, that. I'm yeah. saying I'm saying I'm older than you because I wasn't even allowed to do that. It was just the press. It was just the 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 media oh, yeah. voters. Like it was that was it. It was no. I remember I was so excited like filling out that little fan vote card and they were like yeah. you know you could write in your names or whatever, but they had certain little check. But I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. I don't know if anybody else remembers those, but I remember yeah. the couple games that I went to as a kid. I remember at least one of them. I got to fill one of those out, and it yeah. was uh, it was awesome. It was the weirdest thing back then because. Uh, the press was a little less diverse and every single white guy who had like a good game was an all-star. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> Shouts to Larry Bird. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, today on the show, we are not going to talk about steals that, are, that, that need to be stopped for the entire show. This is not going to be my craziest conspiracy of the episode. <laughs> we, we do actually look, we, we know that it's been a, Rough, what, what is it, 48, 72 hours, week? I don't even know anymore. Month, year, 15 months? <laughs> yeah, 15 months or so, I would say. Just about everything since, like, the free agency right after the title, where everyone was all excited because yeah. all of those felt like big upgrades. I thought, you know, I thought it was good. On paper, thought, and then yeah. it was, like, pretty much once the game started being played, it was like, oh, you know, this yeah. sucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And it's pretty much been that. Oh, that's why Trez doesn't play in the playoffs. Oh, that's right. Oops. (laughs) That's the odd man out in Washington. Who would have (laughs) guessed? That's actually a perfect kind of uh, floor setter here, table setter here, in that uh, we are today going to rank. We're going to we we've had the definitive Russ uh, conversation. This is going to be the definitive blame conversation. After this, nobody. Not a single person 
can levy blame against anybody else because after this, Harrison and I will have sussed it out. There will be no reason to blame anybody. We can just all hug unicorns and rainbows from here on out. Um, no, we're all going to agree after this on who is most to blame <laughs> for the Lakers season. We, you and I have compiled the most definitively researched and yes. ranked rankings of who is to blame yeah. after this. I don't want to hear anyone being like, oh, no, no, this is Russ's fault or this is LeBron's fault right. or this is Kurt's fault or this is Kurt. Frank. It's like, no, no, no. You say this is 5% Russ's mm -hmm. fault. And this is, you know, what, like whatever our rankings are and we yep. come to the conclusion, that's what it is. We oh, wait, are we doing this. percentages? I'm just, I no, just. No, no, we, we, okay. we did rankings. I'm just hypothetically. I did not want to do math. That would have made this like... so much more complicated if we had done percentages <laughs> of blame. <laughs> would have been really funny though. Yeah, like that would have we'll made for a really week. good graphic. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, we are going to do, we're, we're, we're going to be power ranking the 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 people in, uh, involved with the Lakers for who deserves how much blame and all of that good stuff that's going to be we both we both put lists together of five entities i don't know if we're calling them if they're just people if there's bodies or groups of people i don't know how we're doing that yeah, uh, we but we really have set rules for each other so i'm curious yeah. to see how much overlap we have <laughs> number one lakers fans there, there need to be more protests um but so that's going to be the the bulk of the show we are i think going to use that as an excuse to offer you guys a side dish into where analysis, our analysis at least, I'm not going to speak to the other people who are analyzing this team, our analysts, uh, analysis at least, we're going to try to give you a little bit of insight into that because uh, it has been one of those years where uh, the people who got yelled at most wound up being kind of sort of correct about this last offseason. Uh, so we are going to... That's about? Uh, Darius, for sure. <laughs> You know, um, and then and then so after that, like Harrison teased at the top, he has a conspiracy that look, anytime Harrison sends me a message and says, oh, my God, I have this idea. I, I can always kind of tell it's going to be a really good show. So you're going to want to stick around for that as well. With all of that said, without any further ado, uh, let's dive into these blame uh, power rankings. Do you want to go in reverse order three to one with two? That's what uh, I was thinking. Yeah. All right. We'll do we'll do three to one with a couple honorable mentions, just in case uh, people don't get mentioned who deserve. Yeah, to be we want to give here. everyone their fair credit here and their fair applause for you know this. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it this really takes pie that has been like compiled <laughs> and baked for us. It takes a a special combination of shitty ingredients to bake this pie, given the starting point. Right, like the starting point is LeBron and AD. Anyway, all right. LeBron, AD, and Andre Drummond, and then you go to this. <laughs> well, I technically it was at one point they had LeBron, AD, and Damian Jones all on the same roster. <laughs> <laughs> and three of the biggest stars the league has ever seen. All right, so I, I'll start. Okay. I'll start with mine, and. I'm going to start with Anthony. So this Davis. is third. You're going third in your power ranking. Third. Okay. I have five people listed. Um, and well, I have, man. Yeah, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to be shocked. Like if you were able to actually confine yourself to the to the five people. <laughs> no, I was not. Yeah. There are there are there are uh, unlisted people. Anthony's but... like, here are my 73 honorable mentions. Claim. <laughs> <for> <laughs> Harrison, Somehow you got an hour. You're, you're one of them. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> 
It's like, and let me tell you about the Staples Center ushers, okay? <laughs> Crypto.com, they yeah. they stole our money. <laughs> like oh, LeBron is stealing the election from Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, under the same processes. Um, all right, so uh, my number three guy here is Anthony Davis. Oh, that, okay. All right. Yeah. So I don't think... I think it takes a special kind of great player to be driven enough to win a championship and really stay devoted to winning again. That's why you don't see, you know, multi-time start. Like you could like, you could say Robert Ory, right? And, and he was a role player, but in terms of stars who win multiple championships in the NBA, Not that many. all of those guys are special, special, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about top 25 winners or top 25 players of all time. Um, across the, that board. And I think AD is clearly talented enough to be that kind of player. I think he is, you know, clearly, you know, I, the, 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 the ball, the, the basketball that he played in the bubble was unbelievable. Like it was, people were having legit, like smart people were throwing out Anthony Davis as one of the best big men of all time. So we it's know like there he's... was a genuine debate of like, is he the best player in the league now? Yeah, right. At a time where like Giannis was doing Giannis stuff still. Well, Giannis had just had the playoff flameouts, you know, our yeah. memories are short and mm -hmm. like this guy, I mean, this kind of speaks to you placing him here. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that AD has been in like top Anthony Davis shape since the Lakers won a championship. And now... Some of that is because of the circumstances, like expecting him to remain in the kind of shape that it takes to play at his size, the way that he plays when he's at his best was always unrealistic. So like, yeah, I think last year, I, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, last yeah. year, I personally have to throw that away as like a lot, like there was just no realistic way yeah. to expect him to come back after the bubble. And mm -hmm. like a month later at his size, the way that he throws himself around, be prepared and like in shape and rested and healed and all of that stuff enough to like make it through. Right. Like last year is just like a throwaway. I, I can't blame last year on him. Yeah. Um, and, and I would mostly agree with you. Minus and like LeBron is a cyborg, but like LeBron was able to, you know, it's he looks significantly to hold someone better. To LeBron expectations, fine. Like every, basically every other player that yeah. dealt with the where, especially the, in the in, the, in those much. final four teams, in, yeah. the, in those final four teams, like everybody other than bad LeBron and Jokic, year. all of them like are hurt, which is hilarious, right? Yeah, like, like Jokic. Yo I wonder if it's like a camel situation where he just has water storages all over his body. He just that... doesn't like he doesn't move like that fast. Like there's not yeah. like a lot of stop and start to his game. You know what I like? It's not like athletically based. Like, it's, like what he if, does move, but it's very fluid. You know what if like what if technologically he was able to like the thing that Boba sleeps in, right? The back the tank is that what it's called? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what if like Jokic underneath the like he has a a portable back to tank that he carries around with him and underneath that he is just shredded he is just could be <laughs> like it's the most logical explanation i can come up with. honestly it makes a lot more sense than like his existence Look does it. otherwise <laughs> yeah like lebron and Jokic made it out of that two season paragons of physical <laughs> you know 
accomplishments and like and like uh, body maintenance and all of that stuff. It's like when you look on the on the cover of Men's Fitness, you know, the magazine or Men's Health or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. like it's like it's LeBron and it's Jokic. Like those think, are the two. You think Jokic is going to do a body issue on ESPN? <laughs> it's like you may not like it, but this is what physical perfection looks like. <laughs> exactly. So, but like, I, and again, like it's, you're that right. Be good for you for like representation. I, I, I'm, I am team Jokic all the way. Like I make fun and all this stuff, but team Jokic, like Jokic is my dude. I've been yeah. mostly because Adam has been screaming in my ear about him basically yeah. for the last decade. But, but I have been, I was pretty early on the uh, Jokic. Back trade. to AD. I'm sorry. I'll yeah. take us down up. So uh, AD though, like this year, I think even though it was uh, still a sh- like they still had one month less of off season to deal with, um, and and it still wasn't perfect circumstances for him to come back and all this stuff, and maybe it was just an error in judgment on his part. Maybe he focused on bulking up, and that was a mistake. Like that's also possible here. Regardless, though, if it was a choice, then it was the wrong choice, and if it wasn't a choice, and he just came in out of shape again. Like you are the guy who is supposed to take up the baton after LeBron, like the expectations on this guy, you know, some of them unfair, but some of them self-levied, uh, were, were that like, this guy was the next guy and, and yeah, like the Lakers stats fell off of a cliff when he wasn't there defensively. Well, that's mostly because, and we're going to get to people higher up on the list than, than AD here, but like. AD also, I didn't think looked like AD this season. He just, he, he, he didn't look as explosive. He was getting beat off the dribble and switch situations more often than he has ever. Like, I just, I just don't think since the championship, this guy has really truly devoted himself to staying at the, at the actual peak of the sport. And, you know, whether and you're not the only one who feels that way. Yeah. And, and whether, whether like, whether my expectations are too high for the guy or not at the end of the day, this is some, like, it's not just my expectations. That was the Lakers expectations on this guy too. And I think he's kind of fallen short of the Lakers expectations in this regard too. And so like, there are people again, they're going to be higher than him on the list, but I, I, I feel like we have to, to, to put him somewhere here. No. And so fair or not, you know, I, I look, I didn't have AD in my top three, but fair or not, like, I, I think that there is some level of validity to what you're saying. It's that certainly a lot more nuanced and well put than your stupid ass tweet over the weekend. Um, and <laughs> I, I, yeah. And I, I just agree. like, I, the only thing that I want to add is like, you know, the stuff that you're saying, like, you know, that is fair or not. Like that's AD's reputation around the league and around like people around the sport like you're not the only one who thinks Mm -hmm. this and who judges him that way and look like i I think there's always room for nuance in this stuff and i think you were being fairly nuanced it's like on one hand you know yeah i mean not everybody has the kobe lebron whatever work ethic drive like that kind of thing what like that's that's what it is that's fine you know that is human nature everyone has different Mm -hmm. levels of drive and all that stuff but at the same time if you're a professional athlete like there is space to criticize your approach when it's leading to worse results. Yes. Like it's one thing yeah. to do the Shaq company time thing. If you're Shaq and you come yeah. in and you're like still Shaq, winning championships, you know, yeah. and like, you're just like wrecking everyone while barely practicing and like never working on your game. And, you know, I'm sure Shaq worked out and all that stuff, but like his mm-hmm. rep was 
you know, similar to what he's becoming <laughs> as like a uh, company time. Like you don't, you know, all, all this stuff, like you do not put in that much extra, like whatever, like that is sort that was Shaq's reputation, but you know, Shaq won four titles. Uh, Cause he yeah. was really good. And he was amazing when he was big. And I think in hindsight, like, I don't want to blame all of the AD coming in bigger stuff. Like, I think part of that was, you know, a, Hey, you're going to play more center. Yeah. Put on some more muscle and mm-hmm. it didn't work. And, you yeah. know, we heard Jared Dudley talk on, uh, I forget what podcast it was, but we aggregated it. So it's up on silver screen and roll. Um, but Jared Dudley was saying that AD called him and said, hey, how did you lose weight while you were out with your MCL thing? And mm. so, you know, for whatever, I think even he realizes it was an error in judgment. And we got to see how he comes back and what he looks like. But I think certainly like Hold the on. way that Anthony all of this Davis is gone. called it, Jared Dudley about how he lost weight? Jared Dudley lost legitimate like weight when he was coming back from his MCL thing last year. Really? Yeah. No, I mean, that's why he was dunking. Uh, well, after, after hmm. tearing his MCL, but was because Jared Dudley lost like 40 pounds. That's interesting. Yeah. I and guess so I didn't AD really was look calling for him it. Yeah. And asking how to get lighter. And so yeah. like, I, I think that it's that, does that mean he's going to have Jared Dudley progress in like four weeks? Probably not. That would, I would imagine not be healthy, but you know, yeah. he might make some progress. He might continue to make progress as the season goes along and maybe all that stuff gets better. But I, I don't think that it's like between that and between like, you know, it's pretty clear, you know, that he still was not, to- even if he said he was committed to playing center, that he was not totally. Yeah. He because doesn't if seem happy doing it. If yet. he was saying you know, to behind the scenes to all the front office. He's like, no, 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 I'm ready. I'm a full-time center now. Yeah. You know, I don't, somehow I don't think that they're probably signing both Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. That mm-hmm. seems unlikely to me. AD it, literally and much less starting him. DeAndre Jordan next to him to start AD the AD literally thanked Rob. Yes. Right? Like yeah. for signing DeAndre Jordan. And I think he was more willing to play center than he ever has been in his career. Yeah. Maybe. I Especially think it's totally fair to say that, but he did not view himself as a full-time five. We'll see how all that goes when he comes back. He was not in my top three, but I understand where you're coming from. Uh, yeah. Who's your my number third, three? If you want to move on to the next guy who yeah. I'm sure is a guy in your, well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. in the top three, but uh, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm throwing Frank Vogel in here. Wow. Yeah. Number three. Yeah. Wow. I have him at like 73rd. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I the not everyone's going to get that, but the people that did are really going to get it. And so no, I, I have Frank Vogel here. And part of this is like, I just, you know, uh, uh, like when we do any of this stuff and we're talking about things and we want to kind of get to our points and we want to have a discussion that we feel like hasn't been having, hasn't been yeah. had as much. And I think that, you know, it's been amusing to watch the outpouring of, oh my God, the Lakers did this guy dirty. And yeah. oh my God, the, it's mm-hmm. Frank Vogel's fault that the Lakers are this and this. And it's like, you know, I I think where I'm at right now is I don't think that firing him this late in the season really accomplishes very much, if at all, other than just like being a splitting of ways for two parties who clearly are ready to go their separate ways. So, I mean, to me, that's like really the only argument to fire him at this point, because I don't think that for what are we 46 games in now? Like, I don't think that 46 or 47. I think they're 22 and 20. They're over halfway. It would be exceptionally late to fire a head coach in the game and have to like and have to have a new guy come in. And if it's Phil Handy, coach head coach a team for the first time before, if it's David Fisdale, head coach a team well for the first time, you know, like I think you're asking a lot of putting these guys in a position to do something they've never done before, which is like head coach an NBA team to success. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I just don't think, and it's like, you know, 
what are they bringing in an interim off the like is Kurt Rambis going to come down and coach the team maybe but I don't know if that's a better option I, I actually no I, I do based know on, that is not based a on the last option. time he was an interim he went one and nine yeah <laughs> so no I, the, the Lakers by the way 22 and 23 there's so, so they're, they're I, I preface all this that I don't think that Frank Vogel is the problem I don't think like he deserves to be fired at the like they're going to go their separate ways this offseason if he doesn't get fired this week or over the yeah. next couple of weeks or whatever but and, and I don't it's think he's getting over, extension you know but to add like the amount of people acting like Frank Vogel has coached a perfect season or what else could he have done you know it's like you're just telling me that you didn't pay that close of attention and that's okay yeah. you know that because there were clearly other things that he maybe could have done if like Kurt Rambis is not like shadow coaching the team from behind him, which he might be. So who knows? Yeah. Um, you know, now after the leaks of the last week, how are we to say that you know Frank Vogel was not <laughs> starting the season big? Because... It didn't get clearer. Like that's for sure. It didn't. It didn't like the 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 coaching situation, the way that decisions are made, didn't exactly get clearer. Where he has to go up and ask management permission to to bench Russ. Yeah. But like, no, like, certainly I, I, not. But <clears throat> on the Frank thing, just to really wrap yeah. up what, kind of what I wanted to say, you know, the, the front office did not come down and dictate that Frank Vogel needed to, when playing small lineups, funnel guards towards LeBron while he's yeah. protecting the rim. They did not say like, hey, don't switch that much. You know, yeah. just like really, really focus on your defensive system that worked well with JaVale McGee and AD. And I think it'll probably be basically the same with LeBron and Stanley Johnson back there. In, in mellow. Or, yeah, in mellow or like washed Trevor Ariza. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just, there are things like Avery Bradley, the, the front office, I promise you that the front office did not come down and be like, Hey Frank, Avery Bradley needs to average like almost 30 minutes a game or however many he's like been averaging lately, you know? Yeah. I mean that the Bradley one I think is, is a, a, a more of a locker room politics thing. And, Maybe, but and, I think that's very much and a, a Frank thing. thing. Frank loves and a Frank Avery Bradley. Yeah. Loves yeah. him, loves him. Like would right. adopt him if you could adopt adults. I think, and Avery Bradley didn't have parents. I've actually like, heard that he's filed for name changes for all of his kids. Um, yeah, they're, they're all going to be, be Avery. Bradleys now. He's yeah, it's yeah. it's all Averys. Um, <laughs> he just changed all their names to Avery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and look, I know that you're a fan of Avery Bradley. You named your daughter after him, but I, mm -hmm. I think Avery Bradley has his limitations as an NBA player and is playing an outsized role more than he should have. I don't think that I'm not yeah. like Avery Bradley needs to be completely out of the rotation, but he doesn't need to be playing this much. The Lakers did not need to start big at the beginning of the season. And again, like how much of that was on Vogel? I think at least some, you know, yeah. it, it's not, we weren't hearing that. Well, given the fact that like given the fact that while the Lakers were going small, he was still funneling players to bigs that weren't there. It tells me that he always wanted bigs there to funnel the 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 the, the game to. Yeah, there was a certain inflexibility to sacrifice kind of his beloved system at the altar yeah. of coaching the team that he has instead of the coaching the team that he wishes they were. Mm -hmm. And I think that Frank has done some things well. I think that, you know, there have been times where they've been rolling and that he's made a couple good decisions. He's made some good rotational decisions. I thought sticking with Russ on the bench last night was ballsy. And yeah. like, you know, like say what you will about having to get permission from the, to do that or whatever. You always have to get permission to bench the highest paid player down mm -hmm. the stretch of a game. That's just an NBA thing. That's not a uniquely Lakers thing. You got to be on the same page as your front yeah. office for something like that. And so, you know, I think that Frank has made good decisions at times. I don't think he's like the biggest problem and everything's going to get fixed suddenly when he's fired, but I'm just, 
kind of tired of this idea that Frank was completely a victim of circumstances. And there was absolutely nothing he could have done to make yeah. this team a little bit better than it is. Now, am I saying like, you know, Frank Bogle's decisions are the difference between where the Lakers are now and like 30 wins at this point? Of course not. But I do think that there have been some wins and there has been some progress left on the table by him, you know, somewhat justifiably adhering to what got him to this point. People don't yeah. just abandon their principles right away. And maybe especially after you win a championship of everyone <laughs> to expect him to, you know, yeah. and so it, like this is sort of who he is. And I think he's made some progress in terms of adapting to what this team needs. But it hasn't been as fast as anyone would have liked. And if we're looking for people to criticize, I think he is certainly in the mix there. Even if again, I say this as someone who really likes Frank the person. Yeah, but I, I just I don't think that uh, this idea that he has done nothing is crazy to me. So I don't he's have 73rd him third on the Lakers list of problems. <laughs> I, uh, I don't have him in my top three. I do have him, however, in my top five. Um, like he, you can't, which is notable because Anthony actually has 73 reasons. So, you know, <laughs> I have 99 problems and a Mitch ain't one is all I'm saying. <laughs> But like I, I, I agree with um, a lot of what you're saying there. The, the, the reason I kept him out of my top three while I do have him in my top five is I never know with Frank how much of his, the decisions that he's making, especially the questionable ones, are Frank. You know? We certainly know a lot less now after that LA Times article yeah. this week. I'll tell you, Anthony. Well, we, look... <laughs> I, I, I learned a lot less uh, in reading it the second time over than I read it the first time, uh, the, that LA Times article. But yeah. like, but like I, I was, I find myself with Frank, like a lot of my defense of, of, of Frank Vogel has a lot to do with the fact that like the Lakers don't have another option there. You know, like if they fire Frank, they are punting on this season. Yeah, I'm just Jason calling- Kidd when you need him, you know? It's like, this is what Anthony's saying right here. Look. I hate Jason Kidd like as as much as most, probably more than most. Um, but he got he got Luka Doncic his team to play defense, which is bananas. It's kind of crazy. It's probably not going to hold up, but it's kind of crazy. But I, but anyway, like I I think with Frank, um, Dallas is going to be terrifying with Frank as their lead assistant next year. <laughs> They're going to give up eighty points a game and score eighty two. Um, no, it's score like 130 when they, they like go back to optimizing Luca and they get off Chris taps and whatever, you know, oh, contender. Well. But I, I think with, with actually Frank would never let them trade Chris taps. That would be like his fate. He's like, Oh my God, you're so tall. You are my favorite player <laughs> I have ever coached. Hold on. Can you touch the rim without jumping? Oh, my <laughs> what? It's like Jake kid, we got to post this guy up more. <laughs> and like, I, I agree with you. I think I think a lot of times when you're when you're gauging uh, reaction to to like this this news cycle has been so out there that I find myself like I I can't really hold anybody really accountable for the takes that they have nowadays because like everything is so crazy it's hard to know what is a crazy take. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like I like the the one the one take I would probably push back on a little bit is trying to find Kurt Rambis's bona fides. I would I would maybe hold off on that one. I'd keep that one in the draft. Anthony, look, he's never had a GM title. We can't say for sure that he's bad at it. Okay. <laughs> like Like that's probably one that I would I would maybe just 
Ask in the who DMs. Was, all right, who was who was your number two then? Because I, I think like, right. unless you have something else to add on Frank, then well, no, I I, I do yeah. have one more thing to add on Frank. Um, I do think that his next stop is going to be incredibly telling of of how, of like what the Lakers he actually will get another shot now. If he, he had flamed out here immediately, he, he wouldn't have gotten another shot. It would have been his last retread, but he will get another head coaching shot. Yeah, now. and I, and I, I think I think wherever he goes, it's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on. All right. You know, cause look, he did coach LeBron. Like the people who were saying when, Le when, when he was coaching LeBron and like Frank deserves all this credit and the, the retort to it was like, well, he coached LeBron and the anger and, and, and the angry mob would say like, yeah, but he's still Frank Vogel and look at his defense and look at all these other things. Like he still did coach LeBron. He still did coach Anthony Davis. And I think for, for, Frank and wherever he goes next, I think that is going to say a lot about what the power dynamic was here, because you're going to see some of the choices that he makes when it gets away from this power dynamic. And then I think it's also going to be really enlightening for like, all right, can he elevate it? We've seen him, we've seen him elevate a defense, but I don't know that we saw him elevate a team this year. And I think that to me is kind of how I'll remember this specific season that led to his eventual dismissal. Like most, even most good coaches, he is flawed and limited yeah. by the personnel around him. And he, if you have the right guys, he's a great coach. And mm -hmm. if you don't have kind of his exact right guys, he's an okay coach. Yep. All right. Number two on this list for me, I have uh, the front office is basically what I'm going to say here. And, and it's okay. Robert. So we actually have the same, we have the same number two. All right. I think we might have the same number one, but all right. Um, I, I somehow doubt it. <laughs> no, I'm nervous. But uh, so I have Rob and LeBron in the front office and like. Oh, you put you LeBron know. in the front office. Okay. Yeah. Now I, uh, oh, actually, I think I know who your number one is now, but yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. The, the front office. So I, I have, I have the front office there because look, to go from winning a championship 15 months ago with. A bevy, like I had, I, I threw out a funny tweet or a funny uh, trade today, right? Asking if the Wizards would trade Kuz, KCP, and Davis Bertans uh, to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook. And one of the responses that I got was, holy shit, Kuz makes 13 million a year. <laughs> and I'm like, that was what I was trying to say. <laughs> you know, like I was just, you know, it, the Lakers had at that time, a championship quality roster, a an identity, first and foremost, an identity and a culture that got them uh, to win a championship in some of the most incredible circumstances that a team has ever won a championship in the Hardest NBA. championship in NBA history, according to LeBron. I mean, look, <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to disagree. I mean, he's not... In, he's he went through really it, wrong. man. Like, you know, it has an argument. I'm not saying yeah. it definitively was, but it has an argument. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, so they, they have the culture, they have a sensible roster, they have, a cat, you know, a exception flexibility, they have movable contracts. At that time, they had a couple more, at least one more first round pick uh, that they could have used. And, and it looked to me back then like, oh my God, this feels like the beginning of a dynasty. This feels like, holy crap, the Lakers Actually, can really take off. first round picks because they used one for Russ and they used one for Dennis. Yeah, yeah. And then they have, yeah, and then they now have the one in 2027 that they got only because we are now five years away from 2027. Yeah. Um, and, and so like I, uh, to go from that, 
And again, like just like just like I talked about with AD, the circumstances here do have to be pointed out. They did go through the most difficult offseason that any NBA championship has any NBA champion has ever had to go through where mm-hmm. you go through that and then you right away have to make decisions about your roster. You have to figure out like I can understand by the way to a certain extent cuz Danny Green hasn't been the same since. I can understand why Rob Polinka and the Brain Trust would sit there and say, "You know what? Like this was really taxing, and, and I don't like, know if we want to bring all of these role players back who just went through this incredibly taxing season. Exactly what I was going to say. There, they were, there's been a lot of criticism for, like, why would you change the whole thing over? And I think we've forgotten in retrospect, and, like, it just in the interest of fairness to the front office, mm-hmm. the process behind that, in part, was that can we really expect they everyone to, be to complete this turnaround? You know, yeah. we need some fresh new blood. And some guys that didn't just play basketball for the last like six months and then get one month off and have to like go back. And and now what I would say in, and and like hindsight is 2020 here because we have seen how some of those moves and decisions have panned out. But what I would say is they could have moved on from the Danny Greens of the world and they could have uh, used that exception on players that more, fit the identity that won them that championship like that i think is the fairest criticism that you can have For sure. and then to go through that off season again difficult difficult as it might be and then to go through that and then to double and triple down on the identity that they tried to create with the off season after the championship like that is just i mean when when, when you're when you're talking about why people are so light on Frank. It's because this roster is a disaster. It's it's an unmitigated disaster. It the fact that 36-year-old Trevor Ariza was seen as this linchpin and we've seen what he looks like. Like that that can't be something that you hang your hat on at, heading into a season where again you only have a couple more maybe of LeBron at yeah, his like prime. Yeah, like there's a possibility that he gets his legs under him and he looks better than this, but you know he certainly does not look like he's going to be a huge difference maker. You know, like yeah. he looks like a guy that you know if he got his legs under him maybe could play at times, yeah. but yeah, he's looked unplayable for most and, of his return. And, you know the, the the Caruso thing. Like I know I'm probably going to take a fine there or whatever. Yeah, how much we, of this is Caruso's fault for not taking even less? To, <laughs> for, for not caring about number the one. Luxury yeah, but selfish like, AC. <laughs> yeah, more like selfish AF, right? But like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think like that that is a decision that you know because. One of the retorts when I was losing my mind over uh, losing Caruso for nothing was, well, then they might not be able to convince Kendrick Nunn to come here, to which I said before we knew that he was not going to play at all. I don't care. <laughs> like that was Alex Caruso Everybody, was just you know, straight look, up I better. Malik Monk has been good yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that Kendrick Nunn has not played a single game, and there was no way the Lakers could have known that or whatever. But like, yeah. there were people replying to me at the time, well, then you couldn't get Monk or not. I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, like fine. knowing what knowing what Monk has you turned already got into, Russ. like how much, how many one on one, like ball, you know, yeah, yeah, and and I, and then I you know, I can't do this. I can't to make <laughs> to, to make uh, to basically you know if they are and and again like this is why by the way I have them at two on my list to care about luxury taxes a moving target by the way that you can always trim over the course of a season like, as we have seen with the Lakers. Um, to care about luxury taxes and force yourself into a choice between Caruso and Taylor Horton Tucker 
is a huge mistake. And then to choose Taylor Horton Tucker over Caruso is a huge mistake. And 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 I just THT is making one million more than than uh, than AC this year. You know, it's technically like five million more in luxury taxes. I I wonder if they made that argument to Taylor. <laughs> but like I. And and look, and it's just like we talked about with with Frank. I don't know who is making what decision. I I have no idea. Now there is reporting that says that LeBron was really in favor of the Russell Westbrook trade. That I several, tend to believe. Several reports this week. It's interesting how you know people are putting <laughs> that out there now. Yeah. Hey, this wasn't me. Yeah. Uh, so I I you know I just think uh, in terms of blame here, this roster in the last 15 months of of roster management and asset management like i know i can understand why nba fans roll their eyes when i start talking about asset management like this isn't a econ 101 class this isn't freaking this isn't kurt rambis's twitter like <laughs> but like <laughs> I, I i do however have to point that out and and i think you know I, unless you have anything to add i do think this offers us kind of an opportunity here to say like when we criticized the moves that the Lakers were making and when those of us who, who, who did say like, guys, none of this makes any sense next to LeBron. Like none of us ever did that in any other reason than like, I deeply, I can only speak for myself. And I can also, I think, speak for Darius here because he was one of the other ones that no, I no, listen to me. I can speak for Darius. Did you run this by Darius before you decided you were speaking? No, for him? I can speak for Darius in that okay. I think he deeply cares about the Lakers. Like I, right? You don't I'm think sorry, so? Just the non secular, and I think I can speak for Darius here. I yeah. was like, oh God, where is he going? <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I, you know what? I'll speak for everybody at Silver Screen and Roll too. We all deeply care about this Lakers team. Don't put us in there with you. <laughs> I can understand why you I wouldn't want to, but, but like. We all seriously, really deeply care about this stupid Lakers team. I wish, for those of you who tell me, like, you're not a Lakers fan, you're not a Lakers I wish I wasn't. I wish I could just have that criticism levied against me and then just have it run off my back like water on duck's wings. I really wish I could, but I do care about this team. And when I did criticize the Russ trade, when I did criticize everything after the rust trade and just like by the way when i criticized rajon rondo and dwight howard which wound up working out every time that i've criticized moves that the lakers have made i have tried to add the disclaimer of i hope to god i am wrong and in the case of dwight and rondo i was hilariously wrong wrong rondo winds up having the the the, the crazy playoff rondo run we seriously missed Dwight last year, and, and and the presence that he had in the bubble was was great. Um, I I you know I, I there the Marcus Saul move was one that I really liked, and it just didn't work out. Though again, I don't know about how much of that is circumstantial or whatever. But he also looked old, like just flat out old. And and so I'm not saying I'm infallible or anybody analyzing like Harrison. You really like the rust trade. None of us who are doing this are 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 infallible. I just think if you are trying to dig into some like deeper reason for the analysis that we're giving, you're overthinking this. It is simply that this is how we view the sport and what we want for the team that we really care about. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, all I've ever cared about is trying to, uh, you know, create the most like fair and 
you know, like diverse content possible in terms mm-hmm. of like covering this team and make sure that, it, it, you know, it was the site that I would want to visit basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the, as far as the front office goes, just to circle back there, like, yeah. you know, the thing that I had written down here was just whoever the hell is in charge. You know, I didn't have the front office. <laughs> yeah. It was like, because we really don't know. We have you no know, idea. Is it, is it Jeannie Buss? Is, is it, it fucking Rambis? the Rambis? Is it, Rambis? <laughs> is it Rob Polinka? Well, because like Pincus wrote right yesterday, he wrote that uh, Polinka puts the menu together and then apparently hands it to Jeannie um, and the Rambi and Tim Harris. And like, are those guys, are those people? Is Tim Harris the shadow executive? I don't know. You know, it's just like no one, there is no accountability because we have no idea who makes any decision and everyone deflects blame and everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, through anonymous leaks or through, you know, kind of selective wording, you know, (laughs) make sure that they are deflecting any, that they always have plausible deniability. They're deflecting any possible blame for anything that goes wrong. It's like LeBron, whenever he talks about like, you know, a player playing well, he talks about, oh yeah, I scouted them. That was great. And then it's like, you know, when things aren't going well, you know, I trust the front office to put a good (laughs) roster together and da da da. It's like Rob Polinka, every single chance he gets, he's like, you know, I call LeBron an AD and run every single move past them. So it's like, Mm -hmm. hey, look, the subtext of that is, hey, look, this goes wrong. It's those guys. You yeah. know, and it, like every single leak we get is about like, and oh, it's so Clut- much subtext and that it's not even sub. the Lakers or it's yeah. like, oh, Kurt Rambis is coming in and like telling, you know, the coach, to, the coaches to play more tall guys because he likes tall guys. And yeah. like, you know, it's just <laughs> we have no idea who is actually making any decision. And so it's impossible to evaluate anything. And it's just it's it's a frustrating environment. And it's like they have created this kind of through their own moves and their constant deflection and blame. And it's like I- I'm going to be really interested to see after they scapegoat Vogel like what then happens? what like who gets the blame next like right. who is like then because then the knives are going to start to come out if this continues to not go well in terms of you know there are going to be some people who a lot of you that are listening to this like that are going to get blame and they're going to be like they are going to push blame back at some people that you may less like less you know yeah. there's are we going to get vice versa. versus the front office I don't know like but it, it's <laughs> like we don't know who is making any decision or who the final decision maker is on anything. And it's just a mess. Like, it's just, I'm sorry. It's, you know, and, it's, and I don't, it's just untenable. Say like that's person. the word I keep coming. I, I, that's the word I keep coming back to is it's not tenable to work like this. Yeah. It's not, you can't like, it's you just cannot not a functional run environment. I don't even mean this as just somebody who is paid to talk and write about the team, whatever. Like it's not their job to make sure that I know who is to blame for any one individual decision or whatever, but it's just the constant deflection of blame and trying to control the narrative rather than just like putting together something that works and having D-Y-J. it work. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with that a hundred percent. Who's number you had never the same number two. I'll let you start with. No, uh, I, I want you to go ahead and go with number one because I oh, just talked. So. <laughs> My number one is Jeannie Buss. Like, it sucks. I, I Every time I hear about her, it's about how great a person she is and that you would never know that she's the owner of the Lakers and she's this, like, undyingly loyal person and all of these things. And Who really cares? Who really, really, <laughs> who really cares about the team? Yes, absolutely. I have never, yeah, I have never, like, listened to an interview. Like, I've gotten frustrated at some of the things that she said in interviews because, like, and you can't... And even, like, say, the Caruso stuff. Like, you and I have both heard that that was not solely a luxury tax yeah, decision. That right. was somewhat and, of a basketball evaluation from this nebulous cabal of power brokers that we don't know who or what any of them do. Right. And, yeah. and, and, like, uh, I think with with Jeannie, 
you know, there are things that she says that I find myself kind of rolling my eyes at sometimes. Cause like with, with, let's just look at head coaches, for example, she says that she doesn't want to bounce around with head coaches. She doesn't, she doesn't like firing and hiring head coaches Jim for it. Every single interview that she does. Yeah. And, and all right, fine. If that's your stance with head coaches, then you're only offering Ty Lue three years. If you're hiring, you should not have hired the GM in the league who maybe values head coaches least. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, like, look, the Lakers bounced around head coaches three times during their very own interview process. It was like, it was like, Lou, do you want the job? No, not under these circumstances. All right. Monty, do you want the job? No, no, not under these circumstances. Well, but see, it was uh, unlike, Frank? unlike the Jim Buss era, you know, they didn't have any roster. They basically like, they had a pretty much completely empty roster. So yeah. they weren't hiring a coach that they weren't bouncing around coaches for different rosters and trying to make a yeah, build like that. You know, they didn't have to good pay point. all of those guys that were going away. So that was important. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, and, and look, uh, again, I would like for the bus family to figure this out because of everything Dr. Jerry bus did for the city of Los Angeles and for the franchise and for basketball as a sport, like the NBA wouldn't be where it is right now without Dr. Jerry bus. So I would absolutely, you know, like to see the bus family figure this out and actually live up to that family name. However, I have zero loyalty to these people whatsoever because like, if there is one thing that I have, I have kind of <laughs> gotten the most upset about in in my analysis, it's it's things that sway away from meritocracy. You know, like what bothers me about Frank. You hate Vogel, promises. You hate you, you know me and I the Kamenetsky brothers found out the hard way. It was like the one <laughs> once you found out that Andre Drummond got promised a starting job, it was over for you. You don't mm-hmm. want to hear about anyone getting promised anything. Nothing no. is promised well, in life. You know, clearly Anthony it worked Irwin. out so well. You know, so like, I, and, and I, I just think with you think this, Kurt Rambis got promised he could be like shadow exec. Like, was that, is that a promise? Does that fall under your, <laughs> I, I really have to be careful about what I say about the Rambis family. Cause you know, whew. anyway, but like, I think, I don't think it's a coincidence that Adam McKay is interested in, uh, you know, doing, making content about the Lakers. And I think there is something just thoroughly American about uh, the creation and success of this absolute business. monolith of a franchise, right? Like, it, like you know, Jerry Buss is a freaking titan when it comes to industry and, and, and specifically NBA industry. And to hand that over to the kids and watch them just completely fumble it, where whether it was Jim Buss, who was not good at his job either, and then now it looks like Genie Bus doesn't appear to be much better. She's just, you know, she's better at some things and then worse, significantly worse in other respects. It's also and, like if the bar is Jim Bus, yeah, right? You know, like the bar is right. the floor. Well, and that's she what's nice. Cleared it to be clear. Like she has yeah. easily cleared the Jim Bus bar just by virtue of they they won a championship. They lured mm-hmm. LeBron James. Like she, they have Fair. not done everything wrong. Right. And and like at the end of the day, though, all I care about is the success of the Lakers. That's all I, like every bit of my analysis comes from, is this what makes the Lakers more likely to win a championship and win championships plural? And at the end of the day, an owner who cannot spend as much as other owners in the league is a significant disadvantage 
for the Lakers, especially if that owner is willing to ignore the amount of revenue that the Lakers are generating compared to those other teams who are owned, granted by team owners with deeper pockets. And it would be great if Genie figures this out and if the Lakers generate enough revenue so that the next time an Alex Caruso thing pops up, she is willing to pay both Austin Reeves and the next version of Taylor Horton Tucker. But like, I, I at Bronny James, <laughs> maybe it's Bronny, you know, and, and like, that's when, when you're trying to figure out like the starting point of all of these issues, it's that you do have to start at the top. You do have it when you're talking about an untenable culture in terms of, you know, trying to figure out who is getting how much of blame and how who's making what decisions that starts at the top. That is something that she has to lay as a foundation. And if she's unwilling to do that and she's unwilling to pay for stuff, then I don't know really what she's there for. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was actually not, I mean, she was sort of for me included in the, like, whoever is in charge. So I didn't, uh -huh. you know, I didn't have her like number one, you know, like, because it, obviously again, like she, like you said, she's the owner, like she's the governor, you know, whatever terms we want to use, like she, she's mm -hmm. the buck stops with her. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, you know, deciding who is in charge and who is making all these decisions and, you know, making that clear and having like a clear hierarchy of who can tell who, what rotations to play and all of that stuff like that is on her. So she's sort of, for me, included in that last group. Yeah. Uh, number one for me is all you were, you were done, right? Yep. I'm, I'm yeah, no, Unless you had anything me, else to add on, on Jeannie. Yeah. Number one for me is uh, <laughs> God, you know, it's just like, why did he allow the COVID-19 pandemic to derail what could have been a Lakers repeat? Um, you know, there were the injuries and all that stuff. Couldn't, you know, I, I, I know you have a 2k injury turn off simulator thing up there, up there, guy. Yeah. Like why, why? I mean, you know? clearly you used it on LeBron. You yeah, know, like you've, I don't know. you've turned I, I off, like you've turned off father time's impact on LeBron. Why can't you do that for the rest of the Lakers? Yeah. I'm just saying like, if we, you know, the Lakers did not get a legitimate chance to repeat last year because of, you know, like the invention of money and, you know, the league needing to get back as soon as possible. And, you know, all that's gone down on his watch. So <laughs> I'm just, the buck does stop up there. The buck does stop with God. So <laughs> I think that's where I'm going. Number one. I'm going think, to hell, aren't I? I'm sorry. I think I, think I want to make that the title of this podcast. The buck does stop with God. <laughs> They're going to think that's about LeBron. <laughs> the point guy. Oh, that was about Chris Paul. You yeah. know what? It, I really, agree. it all traces back to the veto. <laughs> Jim Buss would have been a lot more successful. <laughs> it hadn't been for that. Oh man, uh, do you have any honorable men? Like, I I do think we have to talk a little bit about Russ really quick before we give your conspiracy theory. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Russ. To be honest, Russ is not even on my blame chart. Uh, really? Because you know, like he's been bad, but it's not like because he doesn't want to be good. He's just been bad, and uh, like he isn't that great of a fit in retrospects. Uh, my only Russ note was so like my honorable mentions were LeBron AD, you know, for their kind of level of sway in building this roster and kind of you know they're uh, pushing at times behind the scenes for guys that maybe didn't end up being the best decisions. You know that kind of stuff goes. Mm -hmm. You know, but we already got into a lot of that. The only other honorable mention that I had was um, was myself. Uh, like this is, 
<laughs> you me? know, look, I'm not going to lie. And we got to hold ourselves accountable. I'm like Anthony. I'm not going to lie and be like, oh, I was da, 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 da. like, you know, I know that you were like all off season. I had to, I had to listen to every, every fucking podcast you did with like, oh, I can't decide where I'm at on this roster. Could be really good. Could be really bad. And then it's like, now you're like, oh, I was right. Cause I didn't pick a side. Um, but you know, I am going to step up and take some blame here. I know uh-huh. the front office makes at least 10% of their decisions based off what they read at silver screen and roll. And so, you mm-hmm. know, I, I advocated really hard for the rust trade. I said that I thought that it was the right move and that it would give them the playmaker that they were wanting. It wouldn't hard cap them. So I thought that was going to be important in terms of being able to add around. I thought that he was going to be a better fit than he was. I thought that they were going to go small earlier than they did. There are just a lot of things that did not play out the way that I thought or was hoping they would. Mm-hmm. And But I argued really hard for the Russ move, and I got to point the finger squarely at myself. Uh, At least, at least like half a percent of this Lakers season is my fault. I'm willing to step up and take that blame. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) No, I. All right. I do think maybe I didn't praise Caruso enough while he was here, and like they didn't value him. You didn't get enough blog boy coverage. I, that is one thing we can say for sure is not the case. <laughs> like, we, we can definitively say that Caruso got plenty of blog boy love. Maybe that, yeah, honestly, maybe we should have done less and people would have been less annoyed with all the attention he was Maybe, getting. yeah. I, 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 I do want to say on Russ, though, I don't want to, like, leave him, like, I don't want to consider him unaccountable because at the end of the day, like, it is still his prerogative to like care about defense, you know, (laughs) fair, fair. Okay. I I see the argument. Yeah. It is also, it is also like something Russ could maybe do is take less mid range jumpers. And he is like, he's trying, he's trying, you know, um, (laughs) but like, I, I, you know, so long as the guy is the highest paid Lakers, uh, paid, paid player on this Lakers team. Like you, you do have to, in a cap sport, say like that guy, cannot be making that much of your cap. It's not about me. Look, if there wasn't a cap, I would be happy to see Russ make $60 million. It's not about like these damn overpaid athletes. It is, it is purely from a competitive standpoint. Yeah. You have a limited number of resources here. And if almost half of those or a third of those, uh, resources are going to a player who you don't know on a possession by possession basis, if he is, is if he is at all paying attention on the defensive side of the court, like that's not great. You know, a lot of the energy is spent on Russ, the offensive player and the lack of spacing and like the, the finishing at the rim, just falling off of a cliff has been. And that's like, <laughs> that's not his fault. Like that just happened, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, and that's yeah. the kind of stuff where I can't blame him. And it's like the mid range jumpers. Yeah. I mean, we knew that that's what they were signing up for. It's like, yeah. I thought that a lot of the other things would be better. And I guess like, I don't blame him as much because he kind of is being who he is. And I think has been flexible in certain ways in terms of ways that he's tried to make adjustments. And it was more at times. I don't think he's consistently times, flexible. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying he's been perfect or he's done everything that in a uh, ideal basketball version of Nirvana he would have done. But mm-hmm. I think that he has been flexible and he has tried and he's tried to meet things halfway. And, you know, the defense thing is a legitimate criticism. The bad shots is a legitimate criticism. I just like him forgetting how to make layups is like, I mean, that's just age. Like he just is mm-hmm. older now and doesn't have quite the burst he did. And like, that's not his fault. Like he's yeah. just aging and he was and like that's not something that we necessarily could have completely predicted would have fallen off a cliff or at least certainly I didn't in my half a percent of blame um but I I also just sort of like the things that have gone wrong he didn't trade himself to the Lakers 
This like isn't he, totally fair either, but so a lot of the things that have gone wrong with Russ, to me, that's a whoever is in charge of this whole thing blame yeah. because it's they like traded you brought him in Russ. here. You know, yeah. Russ asked to come here, but the Lakers, you know, Ben Simmons can tell you this. If you request yeah. to go to a team, that team doesn't have to trade for you. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like that's right. not how this works. So, right. you know, Russ may have requested to go to the Lakers, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the Lakers had to trade for him. Like that was, yeah. it was not like SEAL Team 6 Rescue Mission Russ. Like we need to get him out of Washington, you know, like yeah. they, they were not required to make this deal. And so I put that more on the decision makers. Yeah, I think, and, and this is like, this is where this kind of format offers you to have a little bit more nuance. And you can say like, I think Russ belongs in the top five, but I think there are people higher than Russ because Russ didn't trade himself to the Lakers. Like that wasn't, yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't in charge of that deal. And he also, by the way, like the Lakers didn't have to include a first rounder for Russ. Like Rob, I, I said this about the AD trade. He won the trade, but he got his pants handed to him in the negotiation. Like he didn't have to pay that much for the guy. Did you just plagiarize Howard Beck on air? Uh, no. I mean, like that's I've his said thing. That he previously. always says that. He always says that. All right. Well, Howard, <laughs> I apologize. You gotta apologize next time he's on the AI show. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Right. You just stole this whole bit. All right. Fine. Howard, like I owe you ten dollars. Everything. It was amazing. I was like, does he not realize he just stole Howard's whole thing? I, I mean, that's like a common phrase, nope, isn't it's, it? It's his thing. All right, fine. Howard, I owe you ten dollars. I I, I, yeah. I committed copyright fraud infringement or whatever, and and I owe you ten dollars. All right, let's uh, let's move on really quickly here to uh, conspiracy time. Okay, so I don't have to tell anyone listening. Uh, almost an hour into a daily Lakers pod. Uh, first of all, thank you for listening this far. I don't have to tell anyone that's made it to this point. You know that uh, it's been a bad week for the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> has not been a fun week to cover the team. I'm sure it has not been a fun week for any of you to root for them. And so again, I really appreciate you turning it, tuning in. But mm -hmm. so like you're aware of all of these things that have gone yeah, wrong. Yeah, if you're listening at this point. Yeah, you like know you know kind of how much of a mess this week has been. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I've been thinking a lot because like, you know, my job is to think about this team and try and come up with sort of what is going wrong? What is the possible reasoning behind this? And I've been thinking about, you know, why did the Lakers randomly, like 40 games into the season after their best win of the season, just become a complete tire fire <laughs> overnight? Insane. It was like overnight, we just all of a sudden, it's like, you know, it, oh, went they to bed the in a good mood, you know, woke yeah. up, got punched in the face. Yeah, everybody's just like making Rudy go bear jokes. Everything's flying. It's like, oh man, awesome. they finally figured out what they need to do. Frank made like schematic changes that people have been begging him to make, you know, yeah. for weeks, you know, in terms of starting to switch more and, having the two sets of lineups and like all that basketball stuff that you can listen to the LFR pod. Like you don't need my thoughts necessarily on that stuff. We've well, I mean, there are people on this feed too, who say those things, but yeah, you could listen to Pete. Uh, no, I, I only credit that. Pete for all basketball analysis. Like he is, <laughs> he's the coach that teaches all of us. Uh -huh. Um, but he is your dad. I get it. Exactly. I, mm -hmm. I got to saw it's nepotism. You know, we're all prone to it sometimes. <laughs> um, I, but you know, so what is more likely, you know, that, the Lakers just suddenly became a tire fire overnight or that there's something a little bit more nefarious in play here. Oh, totally. And, totally the latter. Yeah, no. Right. Because it was so out of nowhere that you almost have to believe that mm -hmm. this was sort of preordained and maybe just crazy enough to be part of the plan, Anthony. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's so what plan? is more likely to you? I'm going to ask you that Kurt Rambis has assembled this level of power 
despite a total lack of qualifications, just by being married to the owner's consigliere, or that he's actually a secret genius he's a who is playing a butt-tweet-liking fool to keep us all on our toes, you know? I think that Kurt is, like, he's Kurt Zerzose. You know, he has come in and inserted himself into this narrative, and you're like, okay, but why would the Lakers do that? Like, you know, the Lakers, maybe the Lakers were a total shit show behind the mm -hmm. scenes. Like many of the leaks have painted them as, but like who would even gain stuff by leaking that is, I mean, obviously, you know, you have like, is, is it just the Frank people Vogel? who are about he to be fired? Gone? Yeah. Is it, <laughs> is it Frank? Does he just, he's just getting his punches in on the way out. Like that doesn't seem very Frank to me. Is it like Rambis hypothetically mistakenly thinking that leaking to the LA times, like that he wants more centers in the rotation is going to make him look good. Like, is it that? <laughs> You know, I don't, who can say, you know, I think, but I think I, I think I figured out the real reason. And yeah. it's that the trade deadline is in, uh -huh. you know, several, a couple weeks away. A couple weeks. The Lakers kind of, you know, by, there are all these reports, like all the Lakers trade assets aren't getting them anything. Nobody's really that interested in the 2027 first round pick. Mm -hmm. So how do you juice the value of that 2027 pick? Tire fire. You randomly make yourself look like a tire fire that yeah. is evaluating your coach on a game-to-game -game <laughs> basis 40 games into the season, and then everybody around the league is like, these idiots are going to trade a first-round pick? Like, Kurt Rambis <laughs> might be the coach by that point, you know? we can, LeBron's not going to be there. LeBron's not going to be there. This, this is the greatest asset in NBA history on the trade market. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, like, Kurt is running everything secretly, and he thinks DeAndre and Dwight should play more. And, like, you know, we can't decide whether or not to fire our coach halfway through the season. It's like, no, this is all a false flag operation yeah. by a coordinated team of leakers on uh -huh. the Lakers. You got to stay woke. They just want the NBA to think that yeah. they are going up in flames so that they can Genius. trade a first for Jeremy Grant. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man, yeah, you know, a 10 year extension for Frank Vogel. Uh, LeBron, you know, AD comes back, looks a hundred percent healthy. He's playing mm -hmm. center, you know, Jeremy Grant, like just was trying to get all those followers off the scent by, you know, all those potential suitors off the scent by saying that he didn't want to take a small role. He comes in, yep. it's like six man of the year, you know, stat, or he'd probably start, but whatever. No, like start. he comes in, looks like a perfect role player as mm -hmm. what they thought Trevor Ariza would be and boom, they're back. Okay. So <laughs> all right, he's, I got, he's I, Kurt Razy like a Fox, you know, it's. <laughs> I got to be honest, I thought you were going to do like a Templars thing from Assassin's Creed. Like I thought <laughs> <laughs> when you said plan, I thought for sure like Kurt Rambis is going to be the father from AC Valhalla. No, okay. yeah, no, it's the Illuminati has has like decided to lead the Lakers downfall. No. I, I, I look, can look, you we, can you We don't get too crazy here. Can you verifiably dispute any of my theories that I just gave? Yeah, but why won't? <laughs> <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for this episode of the lakers lounge i have another episode of lowdown coming out later today or tonight i guess this morning when you guys are listening to this and then aaron and i are going to record an episode of the hook to close out this week a lot of hennessy being delicious i would imagine uh for for him uh, during that episode you know <laughs> it might be delicious for me too we just might just go back and forth wow this hennessy is just delightful yeah. Um, I mean, maybe you guys could just do a Hennessy review show instead of actually talking about basketball. Just like do like a taste test like we did for, uh, was it Jim Beam? What what was the one that we did a couple months ago? Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark. Lakers yeah. Mark. Yes. Lakers Mark. Yeah. I don't know um, alcohol. You gotta forgive me. <laughs> 
he actually doesn't. Like makers, if you're listening, Harrison does not. I, I have not drank alcohol in probably like ten years. Yes. So yeah, it's been it's been a solid ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you next week.